the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show. Uh, diving right back in with Zach Duffy. He's a member-elect of the Big Walnut School Board. One thing I want to say to tee up the second part of this conversation is I'm sick and tired of the false claim that if you don't agree with something that you hate it. If you're going to buy a Chevy or a Ford, maybe you buy a Ford, doesn't mean you hate a Chevy. If I'm going to buy the, the blue shirt or the green shirt. If I buy the green shirt, doesn't mean I hate the blue shirt. And by the way, that's just what you would call uh, preference or discriminate consumption. Yeah, that's actually a word in economics. And then if you get to your belief system, what if you're a Republican married to a Democrat? You you don't agree with and vote Democrat. Do you hate Democrats? Do you hate your spouse? I mean, it's just insane. Okay. Uh, Zach Duffy, welcome back. Uh, I'm going to give you more of the floor here. I'm going to try to shut up. Uh, so So keep Stepping through last night's meeting, you were saying, I believe the superintendent made some comments about having to, if we can't have LGBTQ plus flags, then the walls are going to be bare and the students won't have anything to look at. Yeah, and, and I, I like Ryan McLean. He introduced himself to me during my campaign and was very friendly. He's already reached out to set up an orientation with me for the schools, and, and, and I like the guy a lot. I, I don't, I'm just getting to know him. But, and, and he had a compelling um, you know, blurb last night that, you know, Got, got a lot of people thinking, including me. We, who wants bare walls in the schools? Um, it, but it, I think uh, the point he, he was making was that there are teachers who are going to find loopholes to the resolution. So when we say, and, and this comes from Ryan's actual speech, he says, when we say no more flags, what's going to prevent a teacher from putting up a poster? And then if there's no more posters, what if we they put a bunch of uh, pride stickers all over the classroom? Like, you know, and, and so... Uh, it sounds to me like it, it, being new territory and, and policy uh, writing and reading, uh, like maybe maybe the policy needs to be more specific or some words need to change. I, I don't really know. Um, that's a good point. worth mentioning that. I, I think that's a great point. You know, people railed against issue one that just passed because it was sweeping and it was ambiguous. So then, uh, you know, maybe the, the the solution isn't to just burn it all down. It's you know, take it back to the lab, work on it, and and create you know meaningful and direct language that that encompasses what you're trying to do. Okay, I I can understand that that vantage point. All right, continue. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, my my chief complaint with the pride flag being hung in a classroom is the fact that it it's a, and this this is a Google answer, so we know it's we know it's true, right? If you ask Google and it gives you the answer, and the answer Google gives me about, you know, the the, the symbolism of the pride flag is that it, it represents the active movement of the LGBTQ plus community. So, so what that means is we don't have a history lesson from the from the from the pride flag that that is to be taught in class right now because it's not over. It's, uh, you know, when you look at uh, civil rights movements, like that's a great thing to you know look at historically because they achieved their their goal, the civil rights 
uh, achieved what, what they had set out to achieve, I mean, measurably. And, and so here, I, I have not been told what is the goal of the LGBT uh, movement. Like, what, what are we measuring? How, what are we getting at? What, what do they want in the end so that we can, you know, either get there or not get there and put it behind us and then learn from it? So we have taxpayers uh, paying into our district and funding teachers who are supporting one side or the other in the classroom of an active political movement right now, a social movement. And I'm not comfortable with that. It does not sit well with me. Well, and look, as a, as the parent of school-aged children, it doesn't sit well with me either. We just came through COVID and insane government lockdowns and locking kids out of school. And many kids, uh, maybe not as many in, in Big Walnut as, say, I don't know, Columbus City, but students are behind in reading and writing and math. And by the way, before COVID, we were behind internationally, and now we're behind even more. And you have a limited number of hours in a day and days in a year. And what you do with that time absolutely impacts whether a student can read, write, do math. So it kind of, to me, comes down to a trade-off where why are we spending attention and time? And, and the argument might be, well, they're not really teaching from the flag. All oh, hogwash, hogwash. Anyway, go ahead. No, you're right. Um, it, it definitely opens doors, you know, for uh, and, and for conversations that I don't want my kids having with a teacher, number one. Um, but but it's being presented and pitched to the community, uh, especially after last night, that, you know, this is a way for a student who doesn't an LGBT, an LGBTQ student who doesn't have somebody to talk to who may walk past the classroom and peek in the window and see a flag hanging in there to say, OK, I'm going to stop and actually go into this room because I feel safe to talk to somebody in here. But I like I, I don't buy, I, I can't see that. I cannot. I mean, a kid knows who he trusts regardless of a flag. If there's a teacher that he feels safe with, he, the flag is not going to be the reason he trusts that teacher. It's going to be because he's built a rapport with that teacher. So, you know, we're, we're really like throwing a smoke screen up and this is to prevent suicide. This is to, uh, you know, save lives, help kids have a safe space. It's, you know, it's actually uh, showing that, you know, we are on one side or the other of an, of a very controversial, hot, hotly uh, contested, you know, movement, a social movement right now. Well, and I, I have a, a big issue with the notion of, of safety. So what we're saying is if you believe what I believe, I'm safe. That's interesting. Mm. <laughs> right? Like if you believe yeah. exactly – so there's no corrective course of action in schools and in rearing children, that's insane to me. And the second thing that's insane to me is we already know school districts are being advised by attorneys, and maybe you don't know this. You probably already do. They're being advised by school, uh, school attorneys that if they suspect that the parents might not support the, I don't know, proclivity of a child to maybe act as a sex opposite of his or her biology, then they're not going to out the kid. So now all of a sudden we're saying – Parents are unsafe if they're not going to support this, but the people who are going to allow you to extend your gender dysphoria – and by the way, the, the, the evidence on suicide going down is bunk. It's actually 19 times higher when they carry out these transitions. 
So I have I have a serious problem with this notion of safety. And we raised our kids. I don't know. How do you feel about this? We raised our kids that if somebody asks you to keep a secret, they're a dangerous person. They're not a safe person. Absolutely. All secrets go to mom and dad all the time. There's not one secret that's safe if you keep it from mom and dad, for sure, 100%. Uh, two minutes here. I keep uh, hamstringing you. Two minutes. Keep going. Yeah. No, uh, the, you know, the whole pride um, flag hanging in a classroom, it's it's almost like that's the safety net. Should, should a kid be at the, the, the desperation point of, of contemplating suicide, like, why aren't we talking about what led up in that child's life to being that desperate and that and that lonely? Um, it, the, the 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 pride flag is not going to be a safety net. It's not going to be something that turns a kid a kid around who is who is already at that point. It takes there's there's more to the story that we're missing when when kids are at this point and we're saying they're so desperate we need these flags because this is our, our last ditch effort to keep this community together to keep them healthy to keep them included like. No, that, that's if if we're that dire, if we have a group of kids who are that desperate and hurting, we have to go to the root of the source of that pain. We have to look back, and and that's that's what was not addressed last night by the spe- any of the nine speakers at the the board meeting was why why are we here? Okay, we're here now, and we want this flag to remain because it's gonna it's gonna save these kids. But not one of them wanted to address the pain or the brokenness or the the isolation that some of these kids may be feeling. So, um, you know, this is unprecedented, but do you want to stay for a third segment? Because I have more questions, and I'll even invite a call if we need to. Right, can, you, can you stick with us? Sure. I was worried I'm starting to run out of, of, <laughs> of thoughts, but no, if you, if you can keep me primed, let's go. Uh, no, man. Yeah, there are a couple things uh, left. Uh, Zach Duffy, he's a board member at Big Walnut School District. Hey, this is an important topic, and we're going to stick with it uh, on the other side of this break on 98.9 FM, The Answer. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you in a few minutes. We are rounding third and heading home on this Friday afternoon on the Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM. Uh, This is the time we usually talk Browns, Buckeyes, but uh, we're going to talk something else. We're going to continue talking with Zach Duffy. He is a member-elect of the Big Walnut School Board. And last night, there was a very controversial meeting when two resolutions were introduced. One would uh, essentially say no no mask mandates, and then the other, no LGBTQ plus flags and uh, I want to read this, and, uh, and then I'm going to ask you three questions and shut up. <laughs> the article in the Columbus Dispatch uh, quoted uh, board member uh, Kroll, who said, let's say we have a child who grew up in a household that's very religious. If the flag resolution passes, he said, that child would feel not condemned when walking into the classroom, provoking laughter from the audience. Um, that's what I would call a case in point. If, if people are laughing because someone's talking about a religious student who would feel condemned, I, I think there there's your point. Um, OK, so straw poll, if you had to suggest or, or guess, Zach, of the five board members, who do you think this would have the legs to pass? And then what's next? Uh, and then I'll ask you the final question. But so do you think there's more in support or is this still being considered? And then what is next? Has it been tabled? Is it going to come up for a second reading in December? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, probably coming up for a second reading in December. Um, it seemed like Crowell was going to be a probably a swing vote, if I had to predict. I think um, two board members were for it and two were against it. Um, Doug had, was still in the research phase, and so uh, it's hard to predict which way it could go. Um, I've also heard some people saying that, hey, why, why don't why don't they keep pushing it off until January so Zach can vote? And I'm, I just want them to rip the Band-Aid off and make their decision, honestly. But, um, yeah, so what's next? <clears throat> Was that the next question? Yes, what would be next? And by the way, I'm glad you pointed that out because you're not yet a voting member until January, correct? Correct. Okay, perfect. Right. All right, yeah. So what's next? Well, what's next is um, either however this goes, um, it's time to end the double standards that, that we've been seeing, we know is going on, we're getting reports of it. An example that uh, came up is that uh, students were hanging some sort of a something onto the bulletin boards, the public uh, use bulletin boards in the schools, and it had a cross on it. And they were they were asked to take those down for that symbol that was on there. Of course, and, they were. <laughs> keep right. So, so what's next is is to to really keep a close eye on on however this goes, whichever way it goes, and if if it does not pass. Then let's let's encourage kids to express themselves. Let's encourage students to uh, go into the classroom and say, "Hey, I, teacher, I would l- I see the the pride flag, and I want to I want to put up this this uh, MAGA flag for Trump, or I want to put up this Fellowship of Christian Athletes, or I mean, let's just let's take use of the walls in our classrooms if that's the way you know uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna leave it open." So, um, I think that's what's next is let's see how this goes and let's keep an eye on making sure there's no double standards like we've been hearing about. So well said, I said from the beginning. Mm-hmm, thank you. I, I've said from when I first sat down uh, with a few people back in, I want to say May about that. I was going to be running. Um, I, I told somebody to the left of me, I said, I, I, I vote on conviction. That's all I can tell you. We were talking about voting or how I would handle certain situations. And when it comes down to it, I vote on conviction. I'm not going to vote because I feel that I owe it to a certain you know, group or that I fear a certain group. But I want to really gather all the information and um, do my own research, do my own prayer, sit with Jesus on it. And I, I know that my conviction will, will guide me in, in my voting process you know, for the next four years. So, Well, I look forward to, to having you back to discuss it um, and then maybe Alice and, and Doug at some point. So this will be the final question. It's it's not surprising to me that I mean this is what unions do right they they drum up support uh, among a minority and make it look like the majority position so you had all of these people opposed to this resolution there the reality is I think that's reverse I think the community would support this why do you think people are afraid to stand up and support this say in a meeting like last night well I've heard um, I've heard it talked about in, in groups that uh, they're, you know, they were very aggressive with their speech. They always have been since I've gotten involved in, with the campaign. Um, you know, these people that are speaking last night are, are coming from some rhetoric that, you know, our, uh, our kids are going to retaliate. LGB kids, if you take this away from them, they're going to retaliate. They're going to throw a fit, a tantrum. They're going to, you know, and, and so there's some level of like intimidation uh, being pushed. Some Some parents, I think, that are opposed to it. To, to this uh, resolution are, are worried about their own kids. They want to sort of step, not, not step out uh, onto the microphone and probably because it, it'll be found out who their students are and that there may be some retaliation against those students. So there's, 
you know, the typical uh, intimidation stuff that happened with Black Lives Matter marches. Um, you know, it's all, as we know, it's it's just a pattern that we've almost been able to predict for the last three years. It is. It absolutely is. Hey, uh, Zach, thanks for spending time with us today. I appreciate you. Beautiful. We'll do it again. Thanks. Hey, you're Bye welcome. Jack. All right. And thank you for listening. Uh, we've got a few minutes here. And uh, man, I know Jeff's probably chomping at the bit. Uh, we've got Buckeyes, Minnesota. Uh, looks like Minnesota has about a 6% chance of winning. How do you see that one, Jeff Murtaugh? Oh, it's probably similar to that Michigan State game last week. Uh, probably right in that range of, you know, thirty-five ten again. Probably right around that range. I'd, I'd have to guess thirty-five ten. Okay. Now uh, this <laughs> this one goes in the pile of does it matter? Uh, Cleveland and uh, their arch nemesis, their their arch rivals, the the Stillers. Uh, Browns are actually, it looks like 51.9%, slightly favored to win. What do you make of that? Well, I mean, the Browns are the better team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Pittsburgh just continues to somehow scrape and claw and scratch out wins that they shouldn't win. The Browns have more talent, even with DTR at quarterback. So I, I, I the Browns should win. They need to beat Pittsburgh. Like, it's just a mental thing. They they have to get over the hump and beat Pittsburgh eventually. So, all right, I, give I me the think, score. I think this this might be the week they they get it done. Okay, you want to you want to go out more on that branch and, and give me some numbers. It's probably going to be a messy, low scoring game. So, if I had to guess, I'd say probably something like seventeen sixteen, something something just gross and dirty and yep. grimy, but. They, I think if they're going to ever get it done, this would be the week to get it done. I'm going to go 2014 Browns, and uh, I'm going to go 52-17 um, Ohio State. All right. That is Jeff Murtall. He's the guy behind the glass, keeping me online and on time here on the Bruce Woolley Show. And uh, just a big thank you to everybody who joined in today. Uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose, uh, Zach Duffy, board member, Big Walnut School District, and uh, also your calls. Thank you so much for your calls and your questions. And uh, we have a big week lined up next week. We'll have uh, Congressman Warren Davidson. He is finally booked for Monday. And uh, Mark Weaver will be back with us on Thursday. He's the author, attorney, former prosecutor, and uh, working on Jim Jordan again. And, of course, you're welcome to call us anytime. We prize your input, your feedback, and being a part of the show here. So thank you for listening. Uh, go God. Go Buckeyes. Go Browns. And go parents on school boards. Uh, talk to you on Monday. Thanks again. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.